Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. It's the Buff Geek here, and today we are going to be talking about WWE. Yeah, we're going to talk about Raw and SmackDown from last week. Was I clever enough to put the dates down? No, I was not. But basically, it was the first Raw and first SmackDown that Paul Heyman and Eric Bischoff were going to be taking over. Although, I've heard reports that Eric Bischoff actually only gave a few notes for the show. And obviously, both shows... I suppose they couldn't really do this without being really WCW 2000 about it, but they um, they have really have to continue finishing off the storylines that are currently set in motion. So we still have that god awful tag match, mixed tag match on Raw, and you know, there's a lot of a lot of things that are. It's almost like we're going through a hangover, so to speak. Um, over the course of the week, it was released that Paul Heyman and Eric Bischoff both want to have an actual draft, like a real draft, like a, a shoot draft. And um, they want to they wanna pick the superstars for their respective shows, change the sets up, the whole thing. And I really hope they do it. I hope they do a shoot draft. Because if you, if you, if you kayfabe it, that's fine. But a shoot draft will actually make it a lot more interesting. You know, you'll break couples up, you'll break tag teams up, you'll like Eric of guys that he wants and Paul of guys that he wants. When I say guys, I mean guys and girls. Um, so I would much prefer that to happen. What do you guys think? Um, do you think that they should do a shoot, or do you think they should just script it behind, like behind closed doors? Personally. I would like if they did did a draft the way they did it in 2002 and, and, and many years afterwards, they each took a podium and chose wrestlers and that would be that would be fine and dandy for me. They did it a proper shoot, no one knew where they were going. Maybe a little bit harsh for the talent, but I think it'd be funny if, you know, like, you're, you're thinking, who do I choose? Do I choose Undertaker, Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns, um, John Cena? as one of your top guys, Goldberg. I suppose you'd have to have the part-time contracts on it as well. Um, who else is a part-time contract that's a big name? Let's just say those five, those five alone, you know, if you're at Bischoff, if you're, or whoever wins the coin toss, you know, Paul goes first, he says, do you know what, I'll take, I mean, you won't take her, you won't Goldberg, but also, oh, Triple H, let's make it six. All right, but then they're part-time, so who do you get? All right, so you go for final take Roman Reigns. And then and then Eric Bischoff goes, right, I've got Brock Lesnar. Suddenly Brock Lesnar's on SmackDown. And then it's like, right, okay, fuck you, I've got Taker. All right, I've got Triple H. You're like, holy shit, you know? Or Shane McMahon or, or whatever. Seth Rollins is now on, on SmackDown and then Kofi's on Raw. I think it'd be fantastic just to flip everything on its head you have the champions fight whoever they need to fight. Get the get one world's champion, one I uh, get the IC title and the the US title on separate brands. Like strip those wrestlers of it, have some tournaments or have something for it. Fatal four by on one show, tournament on another show, whatever they want to do. You know the tag belts should be one set of tag belts. There should be one cruiserweight champ, one ladies champ, one ladies tag champ for both shows uh, and roll it like that or. Or literally just have it separate and have separate pay-per-views as well. Comes a problem when you've got WrestleMania, but maybe they maybe they go crazy and they say like, okay, Raw gets WrestleMania, SmackDown gets SummerSlam. Maybe they go all the way. That's the only way to have champions on both shows. But um, what I want to do today was I want to do like a, a you know, a tit for tat, a, a segment by segment 
um, as much as possible um, review between SmackDown and Raw last week. Now, I actually counted a couple more segments from SmackDown and maybe I was paying attention a little bit more or I don't know, but we'll soon see. So, the first segment, and we'll see which 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 uh, brand wins and we'll see which brand wins overall. Maybe this can be something we can do each week, I don't know. But, let's start off with Raw. Raw's first segment was um, was the big the, the big explosion that um, what is this? Oh right, I'm so confused there. I'm looking at these notes and I'm like, that doesn't make sense. But it was uh, my SmackDown notes. So Raw's first segment was Strowman versus Lashley, which was a hard hitting match. That was sweet. They did some really nice stuff. There was a great spear, some really good shoulder barges, and then they fought out into the crowd. And then suddenly they're they're, you know, uh, Bobby Lash is getting speared. Through the stage, through the through, through the um, the back wall of the stage, and there's explosions, quite a lot of explosions, maybe a tad too much. It seemed to eke on for quite a while, but you know what? Um, it had a really realistic feel to it. It was nice just to start off, boom, straight away with a match. Um, you had uh, Corey Graves shouting "Holy shit!" but not unlike a a fake fed to him way it was it was done really well and um, they took this really nice camera angle they took it from the side and just stayed away and just watched the performers um, being checked on by referees and EMTs and such and then what they also did is they had no um, no commentary which was really nice it gave it that much more realistic touch and then there was a Heyman, thank you Heyman chant from the fans, because they all know, and I really think they need to address the fact that Heyman and Bischoff, I think they need to build this into the storyline at some point that they're taking over, because otherwise, it's... It, the problem with everything being so open now on Twitter and, you know, like things in Sports Illustrated, the fans know. It's, you can't keep that, it's really hard to kayfabe that shit anymore, so you need to start saying at some point that Heyman and Bischoff are in charge. That doesn't mean they're on every week, but the, I think you need to acknowledge it. Uh, then the ambulance uh, picks them up and they go to a local medical facility. And I don't. I, I really hope we can get rid of the medical facility thing because it used to not bother me so much, but now I just want everything to be a bit different. And I, I it's not terrible. And sports entertainment. Oh gosh. I mean, I understand they don't want to get... They're trying to avoid some sort of charge by, uh, like, a boxing commission or a mixed martial arts commission or a wrestling commission, but, I mean, no other wrestling company paws with it, so I can't imagine that it's even a thing. I think it's just a weird thing that Vince has got. I don't like it. Anyway, that was segment one on Raw, and you're hardly... I mean, it was probably the best thing that happened on Raw and SmackDown last week. Um, the most interesting, the, uh, like the most different thing, you're not really going to be able to compete with that. But SmackDown's first segment, I mean, obviously, I, I suppose you could say they tried. So um, SmackDown's first segment was a talk show. It was a talk show, and it was Shane McMahon talking, 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 with Drew being a uh, a lackey and KO 
you know, he was doing this thing with the cards, which is quite funny because one of the cards was like, uh, and you'll be facing the under flips card, Taker. And, uh, you know, just in KO's timing is just beautiful. And then, um, and then um, Dolph Ziggler came out once KO had kind of fooled around a little bit and maybe initiated a bit of a face turn on Shane and uh, Drew, I thought Ziggler was going to come out and call out Drew for, you know, previously attacking him. But no, 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 that's that requires too much continuity. I don't even think they had a little nod. And I don't think the 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 announce team even uh, acknowledged the fact they used to be a team together. Not just even a year... Not even a year ago. Like, they just both returned and they were like the new Sean and Diesel for a few months and then just completely soured. So, Drew got really, got really, uh, Drew? No. Dolph got really mugged off by, by Kale saying, you should, should have been you, it should have been you eight years ago and it sort of was, but it wasn't. It was just absolute quality. And then Shane decided to make a match for that night. Which I thought there was no authority, and I thought Shane was sort of a wrestler, but it seems he's he's on SmackDown as an authority figure, and he's the wrestler. He's a wrestler, but he's also part of the wild card rule for Raw, but he's not an authority figure for Raw. Kind of confusing, but okay. I mean, they've never. I don't think they've ever really explained it, and I don't even know who's making the matches on Raw right now. But I don't think it's Shane. Anyway, it was it was an alright segment. But it was nowhere near as good as the one on Raw. So clearly, Raw wins in this bout. So segment one, Raw is winning. I really stupid because I don't even have a, have a, even have a pen here. So uh, let's just make something up then. Uh, WWE, Raw, oh, Jesus. Raw, can't type, S down. Okay, so what's next? Segment two, and I think I actually had two more, like two extra segments, uh, in the in the SmackDown side. I think about twelve, but I think there was lots more of little bitty bits. Even though it was a shorter show, there was much longer ones on Raw. I might get the segments messed up, messed up a little bit, but we'll we'll see. So segment two. Uh, straightly after that, the Viking Raiders come out, and I don't know if this is a change of their entrance compared to how it's been recently, but their entrance was pretty sweet with their helmets and the red, the red lights, and uh, they got the lighting all the way to the uh, the ring. I don't think they had that before. I think they had it in NXT, but not in um, on Raw. So that was a pretty nice nice touch, and. What was cool about the screen being broken is that I imagined that it might be the case that they changed Raw's screen up, Raw, Raw's set, because it got damaged the same way that they, did, that they damaged um, the SmackDown set in maybe 2001 with Rhino and Jericho when Jericho got gored through it, um, which was actually even better. But um, I imagine they might use this as a reason to change the set around. If they don't, and then they change the set around in a few months, it's just, I don't know, it's kind of... Kind of a bit wasted, so that's what I'm hoping for. And um, so we've got a match here with the Viking Raiders and uh, the New Day uh, versus the New Day, and then at some point, 
what happened now I've actually not got the notes down here but I know that Kofi Kingston came out and Samoa Joe came out and it turned into a bit of a schmoz and it was messy oh yeah that was it Samoa Joe came out and attacked um uh the guy that was fucking Paige in real life oh Xavier Woods there we go came out and attacked Xavier Woods pulled him off the apron Kofi came out started attacking Joe and uh, and then it was a commercial break and this match was quote unquote restarted and turned into a six man I'm not sure by who um, and, and obviously it's part of this whole we can't wrestle during commercial breaks thing I don't understand why that is it's really really annoying because lots of matches are two out of three falls and this and that and the next thing and sometimes it works and sometimes it just if you're wise to it it's really jarring maybe it's just a thing it would bother marks but it is quite jarring um then we went uh we'll go over to smackdown look at segment two um all oh, right yeah so it was uh, daniel bryan against Big E, but i'm not sure if this is this is the channel I'm watching it on, but there was adverts on during the match which minimised the size of the match screen and the adverts were taking up most of the screen. So whenever that happens, I only ever notice it to happen on SmackDown. Um, so I don't know if that's like a British thing or, or whatever. But I just I just switch off. I don't watch the match. So I don't know if the match was good, but segment two on SmackDown was a match. I'm sure it was brilliant. But this was more exciting on Raw, so Raw again gets the point just because I thought the Viking Raiders looked cool and I thought they had a new entrance, so we're going to give Raw another point. One plus. Plus. Oh, Jesus. Plus one. And I know I'm releasing this podcast pretty late, but I've just been so, so, so busy um, this past week doing stuff with the gym and uh, and the business. It's just been, it's just been crazy. Um, so right now, Raw's up two to none against SmackDown, not surprisingly. And then we go on to segment three of Raw, which was Cesaro just killing No Way Jose. And there's this little theme that goes through the entire night where Drake Maverick and his wife are, um, have came to Raw. They're stopping off before they go on their honeymoon. And R-Truth is running about with the 24-7 title. So this pops up here and there. And I might talk about that later. Um, I suppose that covers my other two segments. So that seemed to be just a good storyline peppered throughout. So that would make it 12 segments apiece for each show. I don't know where to really fit this in. So Cesaro just kills No Way Jose. Shame for No Way Jose, but I never really liked him anyway. It was never just, just didn't do anything for me. I like Cesaro. I like the fact Cesaro just killed him. He gave him the neutralizer on the outside. It looked brutal as fuck. Totally down for that. I'm still pop for Raw. On SmackDown, it was Kofi and Joe um, where they had a good back and forth. Um, and then Kofi knocked out Joe. I think I was just still buzzing from Raw, so I feel like I really was into that more. But this was probably... I mean, this was a better segment. I mean, Kofi... Uh, sorry, Joe is just amazing on the mic. The things he was saying to Kofi is just brilliant. He, he, you know, he's saying, you, I tell you what, if you shake my hand, we'll all be cool. And uh, I won't touch you until the pay-per-view. And Kofi gave him the middle finger, um, which is interesting. And then gave him the, the Trouble in Paradise. Thunder in Paradise? I don't know, that was something else. 
brother. So uh, then he's, he's, Kofi's got his kind of, he's been knocked out a couple of times by Joe. He's been, been uh, choked out, not tied out, but choked out. And then he's managed to knock Joe out with his finisher. So that's pretty nice. Um, I think Kofi needs some new music. So when the New Day music starts without the biggie bit, it's a very, it's very bland. It needs, he needs something. Maybe a mixture of the SOS and that. And each member of the New Day could have like a little spiced up version for themselves. I think it's about time they do that actually. So I would probably say that SmackDown should get the win for that one. So I'm going to give SmackDown the win there. So that gets its first one. Where are we going now? Oh, why is my fingers not working? Probably because I deadlifted 250 kilos earlier. Yeah, I know. It's pretty badass. Um, segment. So this be segment four on Raw. This is going to get confusing. Was the Taker Shane Drew segment where Shane and Drew came out, said they weren't scared, and then Taker came out, did a little bit bit of the speaky speak, and um, it was cool to see Taker, like it really was. But it was a little bit like, why is he helping Roman just because he needs to collect some souls? Uh, not sure by that explanation. Kind of want something else to happen. Um, and it was Shane again, so I was like, whenever I see Shane now, I, I see Simon Miller in my head doing that kind of Shane McMahon and then like collapsing. So I don't know. I'm just, I'm not a fan of Drew. I think he, he comes across like he's trying too hard. Um, and he's turned into this lackey as well, which I'm, I'm really not digging. So, I'm not even sure if Drew's a Raw star or if he's a wild card if, uh, in this scenario. I think he's a Raw star. Anyway, I loved seeing Taker. It's gr- always pops me. Didn't really buy the promo, but it was better than the segment four on SmackDown, which was Heavy Machinery's promo. I don't, um, there's something about the, is it, I think it's Otis, something about him that I think is quite cool, um, I like their tag finisher, but, I mean, it's not going to compare to Taker being there, um, I just didn't buy what he said, so Raw gets another win, so Raw's winning so far, folks, Raw is winning so far, uh, segment number five. And you'll have to tell me if this is this is this is a boring way to do it, if there's a smarter way to do it, if I should do each show individually. I, I'm happy. Go with whatever you guys think. I will I will roll with your feedback. Segment five was Baron and Lacey. Oh fuck. Baron Corbin and Lacey Evans doing this weird promo. So Lacey's facing away and Baron's facing us. Baron's a good talker and he's talking some trash. And then Lacey says a whole bunch of words, like just a ton of words in that accent that didn't really make sense. I don't think she knew what she was saying. And it kind of reminds me of when I was um, at theatre school and we'd read, we'd read some Shakespeare and um, or someone else would read some Shakespeare and the thing that the lecturer always said was that if you don't actually know what you're saying, it's really hard for anyone else to get the inflection from what you're what you're trying to do with your voice or what you're insinuating or what your motivation is like you need to know your motivation particularly for Shakespeare because it's it's not your obvious sort of it's not obvious English 
but even for for for, for any monologue like what is this person all about what is this like you can't just choose a monologue um without reading the whole book or the whole play or knowing what the person's goal was at that time i mean you you can get away with it but like it's better if you actually know what you're trying to do and what where you're trying to go with it so it felt like Lacey was just given a script and she just learned the words and just said them in that accent and that was it um yeah she's kind of hot um but that's about it she's she's not really that great a wrestler she was called up too early uh, I wasn't digging it and I'm, I'm not really digging the two of them so mm, let's see what Smackdown had in segment 5 Segment five was, oh, it was. I've, I've kind of put like a recap: Bobby versus Braun. I don't know if that would really count as a segment. Um, let's go into the next one and say that as the segment. Well, I suppose it's a promo. So, actually, I'm more interested in Bobby and Braun. Braun and his injured, injured, injured spleen. Well, I think this is the bit when. Oh yes, of course, yes. This is when Bobby Lashley did a promo. I've got the note there, and I just didn't read it properly. Bobby Lashley did one of these horrid promos, and he's looking at the actual camera as opposed to at the screen, and he's talking about murdering Braun Strowman. I thought it was okay. It wasn't great, but... Do you know what? They're both shit, so I'm not going to give a point to either of them. They were both just just bad, and I'm not going to choose one for being better, because it's... They're, None of them get to deserve to win from that. All right, so we're going on to, ooh, segment five. So some of the wrestlers, some of the, some of the wrestlers from Scotland, some of the wrestlers were saying things like, "Oh, I hope the you know, I hope Braun and and Bob, Bobby are okay and stuff like that." So, Miz started that off, um, but he went with he went to a match with uh, with Elias. Um, which was quite decent, hard-hitting, fast-paced. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Um, there was a nice touch with the tap-out as well. Miz was getting his, his, his revenge, but I just don't think Miz would overpower and swamp the big, brutish, tough guy-looking Elias. It's like the roles were... Their, sh- their roles should have been reversed. I really think that for Mrs. Face Turn, which he's just turned into a super cheesy face with, um, he's, he had like a shirt on for the hometown and everything. Like his haircut's too pristine. He's clean shaven. His 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 body shaved within an inch of his life. It's tanned. It's not. He's he's in great shape, but he's not got like this hard body. It's a bit soft looking. He just looks. He he doesn't look like a a tough guy. I like his 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 fighting style now. Um, he's changed his style of fighting, but I think he needs to change his image. I think he needs to come out just, you know, like grow his hair in a little bit, crop it, grow a good bit of stubble, and maybe get some bigger pants because his pants, his tights are very small. Maybe get something else going on there, like uh, like trunks or something, and just a little bit more edginess to him without the bandana and the glasses and the cape. This doesn't look right. So. Cool match and all, but um, when you know again that they're doing the ad break thing, then it's kind of annoying. So I suppose if you know it, it's not fun. Um, 
The next match on SmackDown, however, for segment six, was uh, Apollo Crews versus Andrade, and I pretty much knew that they were just going to get Andrade over with this one, especially because there was no entrances, and again, the sponsors thing took up the entire screen, so I did not watch the match, even though I'm sure it would have been great. So as much as um, these are two great talents, I am more interested in Elias and The Miz, and they are two bigger stars, so Raw would win that one again. With ease... Raw's doing pretty well, I've got to say. But then Paul Heyman was much more in charge. Uh, then we went to... Oh, yeah. Okay, so then it went to Seth and Becky doing the backstage promo, which I just don't like, Becky. Um, I liked her for a little while at the start of the year, and she just got a little bit bland and a little bit smug and a little bit... I don't know. I don't buy Seth as a likable face. He's just not. He needs a really big heel to make him a face. All the stuff with Will Osprey was fresh when he was, he was, you know, mugging him off and excuse me, saying things like, "Oh, I've got a bigger bank balance and blah 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 blah." I'm a better wrestler. I mean, he retracted it later on and kind of, you know, baby faced up a little bit, but it just wasn't very good. Um, I feel like he made himself a heel in that moment. I'm just not digging the two of them together either. This whole, look at them, they're definitely together. They're fucking, they're fucking, they're together. I I feel like... If I didn't know that they were actually together, I would assume that it was it was kayfabe because it doesn't seem real the way they act together. They just seem so uncomfortable. Sip of water for the working man. Then randomly, out of nowhere, to save this boring segment, Maria pops up and just starts shouting a whole bunch of crazy, and Mike Canals is there with a skinhead and he's ripped up and everything, and he's looking like an absolute madman. He reminds me of, basically like Eric Young, just a crazy Eric, bigger, well, sort of bigger, taller Eric Young. So Eric Young's pretty, pretty beefy. Um... And Maria said something about, you know, what's amazing, what you didn't do is you didn't push a baby out of your uterus. And I was like, well, no, but I mean, like, like I know it's tough and all, but also, I mean, all, I don't know what the, the stats are, but let's say 75% of women will do that, whereas about 0.75% of women will headline WrestleMania in the next 10 years. And they were the first, so I, mm, like, fuck you, Maria. But good heel stuff, and yeah, I was just digging the fact that um, it was nice to see Maria back. I like Maria. I, I never really knew much about Mike, um, I don't know what his name was before, it was Mike Canales, I can't remember. I, I knew he was a Ring of Honor guy, but for me he was, a, that's like a vanilla midget indie, indie darling type, and uh, it just didn't interest me, so I, I was interested when I saw them standing there, because they've got a badass look. They need to change their music, their entrance music is still that lover, dover, lover, lovey-dovey stuff, but they were, they were going to, you know, I think they're going to do something with them, considering what happened next, so I thought they were just going to come out and get absolutely pumped, but, uh, well, they sort of did, and it was a mixed tag match, and Maria didn't didn't wrestle because she then said she was pregnant, and then she basically emasculated and cucked um, Mike Canellis the whole time, and then Mike got tapped out by Becky Lynch. I mean, the guy got totally buried, totally cucked, and um, I felt really sorry for him, actually. So, I mean, I wouldn't mind Maria just being an absolute bitch to him every week and see if we can't get Mike over. 
And there was this weird storyline. It was like, well, she's hinting at she's well, she said she's pregnant again, but she's also hinting at the fact that maybe it's not Mike's. I mean, it's kind of weird, but also like people often say, "I want that Jira," and then they, when they do something edgy, they go, "Oh, I don't like edginess. Oh, I don't like racism, sexism. I don't like any of these type of things." Well, happens in fucking films, yo. Happens in real life as well. Like if you're playing a bad guy, you might have um. You know, you might have deplorable traits and you might say something that people generally don't like and would really get offended by. And, um, you know, and and the same goes for like crazy, crazy angles, like crazy soap opera angles. Like, you want that, Jadira? This is it, man. This is it. It felt great. It was just like, I was glued to it. I was like, what the fuck are they doing? And I want to know, that's the second biggest thing that happened last week, probably. And the second most interesting thing. So, uh, what segment was that? Shit, son. Was that segment seven? Segment seven. Okay, so segment seven on Smackdown. Segment seven on Smackdown was Dolph. <laughs> Dolph and KO had a little bit of banter. It was alright. So, we'll get that to fuck then, shall we? They lose. Um, yeah. Fail. Fail for SmackDown, so another point for Raw. Another point for Raw. Let's let's put that in there. So just so you know, Raw is one, two, three, four, five to one. Um, I don't know if my maths is right there, but it's definitely winning. So, what's the next segment? I think the next segment was the bit where we finally get to see a little glimpse of Paul Heyman giving it the old, oh, Brock Lesnar could turn up any time, blah, 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 blah. And everyone's loving the fact that Heyman's there. And, you know, he gives gives a knowing look. You can see it in his fucking eyes, but it's nice. Um, and I really hope they acknowledge the fact that he's in charge at some point soon. I hope, I don't know how they do it, but just do some crazy attitude here, a fucking random storyline stuff and make it happen. I want Heyman to be properly in charge of Raw. And I suppose it would make sense for Brock Lesnar to be on Raw because of that. But if he lost him at SmackDown, that would also be really interesting. And Fox will no doubt want him, but it's Soul USA. So it's a really interesting time, I've got to say. Really interesting time. Now, I can't remember what they were called, but basically Crime Time Mark II turned up really excitable and mugged off Paul Heyman. And I kind of feel like they could have just done with fucking off. I didn't need them there and they already appeared earlier and I, the kings of the prophets of the street or some shit like that. A couple of NXT guys. I don't know who they are. They seem like a cheap version of Crime Time. Some people have said like, oh I hope that means it doesn't mean Brock Lesnar's going to come in and kill the NXT tag champions. Uh, I want to see that. I want to see Brock come in and absolutely destroy them and then do the Brock dance. So that was segment eight on a smackdown. Segment eight was um, well, it's, I've written down here. Great hot hot dog banter. I'm not sure what the fuck that means. I also thought I'd remember it at the time. So, um, don't know. Couldn't say. Hot dog banter. I really am not sure. So we'll just move on to segment nine for this. And we'll see if it comes back to me. Uh, a little bit uneven, but you know, we're just pitting things against each other. It's the Alistair Black promo heading into Extreme Rules. I've heard mixed things about this, but 
I I quite liked it. I quite like his his chat. I really liked him on the the Celtic Warrior workouts. Um, he's some he's very likable. He's he's well spoken. Uh, he seems like a really interesting chap. He wrestled with uh, well he wrestled as Tommy End. Excuse me. I'm going to take a drink of water. He wrestled as Tommy End in Scotland, um, and he wrestled for quite a while. <clears throat> With uh, one of my old coaches, uh, Mikey Whiplash, um, in sort of SWA and um, maybe PCW or BCW, and certainly for ICW, it's just like he came out of nowhere, was really popular, and then was signed. And I was like, holy shit, this guy just wow. Um, kind of always thought like I'd really like to see Mikey Whiplash on the big screen, but maybe, maybe. His, uh, his attitude isn't so good, and maybe because he's a bit older. I mean, he's older than me, and I'm old. I mean, he looks older. Um, so maybe that's why they didn't sign him. I don't know. But he's been, I mean, Mikey Whiplash is fucking really good. Really good ring technician, really good character work, the whole thing. I'm surprised they didn't pick him and Tommy end up together. That's I would have just done it, man. I would have just taken the two of them. But um, I'm going to give that promo the nod, because the, the Heyman bit was only awesome because, I mean, it's Heyman doing this thing, but then we all know what, what he's also doing backstage. Excuse me, behind the scenes. But I actually preferred the Alistair Black promo as a promo better. I'm looking forward to finding out who is knocking at his door. People have said Cesaro, but Cesaro's on Raw now. I don't want this mixed shit going on anymore. So let's just get that idea to fuck. Alright, so where we are on Raw, segment eight, segment 9... Oh yeah, segment name is Alexa Bliss interviewing Nikki Cross. Absolutely shit. Super boring. Um, there was a nice inside joke about Carmella that was one of the announcers mentioned to Corey Graves. Um, no, I don't like, I find Nikki Cross, uh, I don't like uh, her, her look. I think she looks frumpy beside the other women. She looks ugly, and that's okay if she's meant to look that, that way, but she's also been kind of dressed up a little bit nicer recently, so she just doesn't look quite star-like. I'm sorry, but I want to see stars when I turn on the TV. I don't want to see someone that's uglier than the audience members, um, and I I don't think she, she suits being there. Also, she's not a good talker. It's just weird because she used to be a good talker up here in Scotland, and I don't think it was because of who she was surrounded with. She's either been given bad stuff, or she's nervous or something, but she was a much better talker here, and in much better shape, I thought. Like, she doesn't look to be in great shape there. But um, she looks really big there, and she was tiny. Um, but maybe that just goes to show how small someone like Alexa Bliss is, or, or, or Carmella. Um, but she's not a good promo. I don't like this pairing with Alexa Bliss. When she ran, when she, when she's 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 being like a normal like buffoon friend, like doesn't really understand what's happening with Alexa, and then she runs to the ring like an absolute maniac and runs around like a rabid animal. And it's almost like she's playing two different characters. I do not like it. I don't like anything they're giving her. I think she could have she could do much better. And I don't know why they got rid of Sanity if they didn't really have. Blah, blah 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 don't like it <clears throat> um alexa getting rolled up by carmela and then and then nikki cross beating carmela it's nice for the storyline and everything but i just don't i don't even think that alexa would hang out with nikki i just i don't like it i do not like it i'd rather that she was managing killian dane and they were doing 
mixed matches with other people from Sanity or something like that. Um, just about anything else, but I do not like this. Um, on the SmackDown, on the SmackDown segment eight, segment nine, sorry, was um, oh, it was a, a Mandy. Mandy Rose and Ember Moon match it was a decent little match. Uh, the Eclipse that I think it's called the Eclipse that Ember Moon does is fucking sweet. Uh, it was just a nice little match. I like seeing all those wrestlers. I like Mandy, I like Ember, and I like Sonya Deville. So SmackDown gets the win there for me. Well, I think SmackDown got the win for the last one as well. Yeah, it did. So SmackDown has got a win, and SmackDown has got another win. So it's pulling it back, people. So one, two, three, four, five. So five for Raw and three for SmackDown. Okay. Be interesting to see what scores you've got at home. So play along. Um, where are we? Okay, so the next segment was segment nine, where Drake wins the twenty four seven title. That's been, you know, just just a smidgen here and a smidgen there of things happening throughout the night. He attacks our truth from behind. It, it, I mean, it is basically the hardcore title. Um, I actually find Drake Maverick quite annoying. Um, I liked him better in TNA for some reason. I don't know why, but yeah, I mean, it's kind of funny. Um, I kind of wish it was just the the hardcore title in a way, but then do it. I don't know. I would rather it was just the hardcore title, supposed to 24-7 title. It's like, a, it's like a, a cheap-ass version of it. Maybe it'll change. I don't know. <clears throat> it was embarrassing when Foley brought it out. The, the fans were not, it wasn't, it wasn't good. It was it was not good. But Drake winning it, going away on his honeymoon, and he, he took a picture on his honeymoon with it, and he was holding it in front of his, his wife's face, and that was that was funny, man. That was funny. So, yeah, digging that segment, pretty fun, but not great, just, <clears throat> just fun. Um, the next segment on... <laughs> oh, dear. The next segment on SmackDown was Shelton Benjamin... Um, being asked who's going to win some match and then I don't know, it's like he was hearing voices like he was rolling his eyes around and I was kind of like, oh yeah, it's Shelton Benjamin but it looked like there's no makeup on him, nothing so he looked, it looked weird um, it was filmed in the toilet, I think, I don't know it was an odd segment um, but I popped for it because I like Shelton Benjamin and I just hope they're going to do something with him so I'm actually going to give it to that. Um, also because I think they need to straighten out the hardcore, sorry, the 24-7 title soon and make it a little bit more serious for a little bit. Um, like they need to get it onto our truth and then he needs to have a couple of actually serious matches, I think. Uh, and then go for some banter again. I don't know, I just feel like I'm a little bit tired of it, but mostly just because I like Shelton Benjamin. Uh, and I think he deserves much better. I feel like there was something... I think I missed out a segment from SmackDown with Alexa Bliss. And... Uh, yeah, I think I missed out a segment on SmackDown with Alexa Bliss and um, Nikki Cross and the women's SmackDown champion, which would be Bailey. Um, sucked. I, like I said, same thing as Raw, and I believe it happened pretty sharply. In fact, I think it happened before the Joe Kofi bit, and I, I must have forgot about it because I've not even written it down, but I know it did happen. So, 
yeah, there we go, and it sucked. Uh, Raw. Okay, so Raw has had this storyline peppered throughout the night, much like SmackDown. So Raw's storyline throughout the night has been AJ and Ricochet um, and the, the club. So the club have been saying, AJ, like, oh, you just beat Ricochet. You just got it done, you know. It was really close last week. And then they've said to Ricochet, oh, AJ said he could beat you, you know, like, take that title in five minutes, blah, 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 blah. Back and forth, back and forth all throughout the night till AJ went up and challenged Rick. AJ slapped the absolute piss out of him and then Rick hit him with a big pussy-ass tap. And, man, it just... Rick cannot talk. He has no... He fluffed his lines earlier. The slap, like, AJ just hit him and he didn't even give him a receipt. It was just bad. He is an acrobat. He is not a wrestler. He's fluff. Um, He's just not... He would never have survived back in the day. I'm telling you. Never. But he was going going to be going at it against AJ. And then we had the KO and... Kale and Dolph in a random tag team with Heavy Machinery and uh, Daniel Bryan and no, that's wrong against Heavy Machinery for the the fuck what was it? Oh yes, for the for the the chance to be part of a tag match um, against Daniel Bryan and Recyclable Rowan and uh, fucking the New Day. The New Day, that's it. So my brain's slowing down now. It's been about 40 minutes. I've been talking solid and um, I've not actually taken a pause. Um, so that's your two storylines going. Um, AJ and Rick. AJ did this really nice bit where he pinned Rick, got the title, but Rick's foot was outside the ropes. They hit a commercial break. If I didn't know about this commercial break thing or hadn't caught on to it by now, I would have kind of liked it. It was a good little thing, but they they played the match out. Rick won the match. I can't remember if he won it with a little bit of luck or not. And then AJ turned full heel. The the, the club came in there, beat the shit out of Rick. I love AJ Styles, especially as a heel. Um, not super fond of the club. I wasn't that big on them. Like when they came in, there's nothing for me. There's nothing special about them. I'm not like a Bullet Club guy or whatever the fuck but you know uh, that's fine that's fine if they're getting a push and we're going to do something for them they get the tag titles on them get the get the world title on AJ you know AJ is brilliant as a heel he's just absolute quality make him the top man on Raw go for it love it absolutely another great thing that happened for the that's three big things that happened on Raw you got this nice heel turn you had that super weird bit with um, Maria and Mike Canellis and then the explosions at the start and the Viking Raiders actually looked kind of cool and the 24-7 title was also kind of sweet and Taker so that was really good on Smackdown however you had um, you know just some messy bit the, the, the New Day and Debray and Rowan were outside they ended up brawling and I was like what the fuck and it kind of seemed like they were like oh right shit we need to brawl and it just got really really messy and uh, the New Day and Team Planet basically got sent back and then they restarted the match which I am totally fed up with in one episode they restarted the match three four times you know they did all these different chicaneries and it just wasn't working maybe a couple of ma- maybe like one match a week 
you don't have the advert break in it and you figure out some way to do it but not all no not all the matches i'm sorry it's just jarring it spoils the flow um at the end of this match uh ko and dolph uh i think dolph screwed up and yeah that was it dolph screwed up as one of the heavy machinery guys moved out of the way and he super kicked KO in the face. And I was kind of thinking, do you know what, actually, I'm kind of liking their banner. And if they were to both do, like, a super kick party and it's be a tag team for a little while, I wouldn't have minded. I would have rather they were a tag team for a little while, but kind of got hot shot. And I know it's probably because we want to make KO a face again, but then he was just, just a, a face a couple months ago and he was a heel for, like, six weeks. I just, I'm not into that shit, man. Too fast. And then I don't like him using the stunner. Um, I think so KO took the compactor which is also a really sweet uh, finishing move and uh, then you've got the stunner at the end on Dolph and we've got a face turn so we've got a heel turn and a face turn I just think that um, the AJ one meant more he'd been a face for longer it just seemed like bigger stars on Raw to be perfectly honest so let's have a look at the end of the day we have Two, three, four, five, six wins for Raw and four for SmackDown. I feel like there was more segments than that, so I maybe missed one out there. But I'm, I think Raw did win. It had a much better flow. It was much more interesting. They tried some different stuff on it. They clearly were trying to do something, um, and and it was just so enjoyable. Now it almost seemed like SmackDown was basically just again just copying Raw. Whatever Raw did SmackDown basically did the same thing just a little bit shitter and the, the next night and in blue and maybe without as many stars so I, I, as much as I was wanting to do this back and forth thing I don't think I can face watching SmackDown every week. I don't think I can until Eric takes over properly so maybe I'll watch Raw and catch the SmackDown highlights or leave it on the background. I don't know but um, we'll see we'll see we'll see we'll see hmm anyway that was that was your raw and smackdown review um paired off or sorry raw versus smackdown 2019 um i'll probably do another one quite soon i think um i wouldn't mind doing it every week but it's just you know five six hours of raw and smackdown every week is a lot to watch especially when it can be really shit especially smackdown um, actually, somebody's especially raw. Like I, I don't watch it regular anymore. I I watch review shows and stuff like that. But I'll see what I can do. I mean, if you guys want it, tell me. Tell me what you want. Um, I think I'll probably go see Spider Man soon, so we'll be reviewing that soon. But I really want to start doing some more stuff on my YouTube channel. And um, as you've noticed, I've been relaxing the the podcast a little bit. Ian is actually in America right now, so we were going to do a wrestling thing. I think he's not back for another couple of weeks, so once he comes back, we're going to do some more old-school wrestling, so it might be a little bit old-school wrestling, then we'll talk about what's been happening on Raw and SmackDown recently, and the the, the state of it, and, and AEW and such, so I don't know, it'll just be a regular bit of wrestling on this podcast for a while. Like I said, we're going to cover Spider-Man when, if I get to see it. Um... And I'm not sure if if and when Bob, Bob will be up soon. It seems like there's so many things I want to talk about and there's just not quite enough time, which is why I think I'm going to move to YouTube a little bit or do a little 10-minute podcast. So you guys let me know what you want. Let me know what you like. <clears throat> um, 
but there's uh, links in the description there uh, for the YouTube channel. Um, if you want to help support the content, there's a Patreon there. I've got an Amazon wish list, uh, which has got some some equipment on it. So if someone wants to help out this uh, this poor personal trainer, oh, personal training. Speaking of which, um, yep, got a mortgage, got a car, got a business to pay for. So if you want to help out, you can do it. But I have a personal training company called Alpha Fitness. Um, it's based in Perth, Scotland, but um, I can train anyone anywhere with the power of the Skype or the Facebook video chat. Um, I can also consult with anyone and monitor their food anywhere in the world. Um, I also do. I also um, do offer uh, training plans, uh, nutrition plans, uh, and um, I don't want to say life coaching. Oh, wow, that's super annoying. Sorry, I'm trying. I'm having a wee look out the window to see what it is that's going on there. But someone's someone's getting a delivery. Starbucks gets a delivery every night late, and the guy just crashes about sometimes. So yeah, um, I offer a, a a lifestyle management service, which is kind of like life coaching. Um, there is something called the Wheel, which you'll be able to check out on my social media pages, but. I think actually I think I might just do a podcast on some of my services in a couple of weeks time and just go with that anyway it's it's fucking late I gotta get this podcast up um, before Raw's, Raw comes out tonight basically I wanted to drop it real close to Raw uh, Raw going live because I wanted to see if it changed the, the, the traffic to be quite frank and uh, that'll be interesting to see uh, please share and subscribe and I'll catch you soon for more of the same hashtag the Buff Geek Podcast I wish the man had impregnated me that was Vince's voice doing Maria. That's probably how he said when he told her. <laughs>